Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I was just I was just wrapping up with Alan K. Patch when you uh, when you called, so I wanted to uh, I I didn't want everything to bleed over, so that's why I hung up. But we, we've got you now. You sound excellent. I'm assuming you're in the car on the way to beat on on onto the beach, and I, uh, uh, and things of that nature. Yes, you know what, James, the lovely and talented Linda Kraft is driving the mobile radio station down the road as. You and I talk on the JAG, KJAG network here, the 24-7 available uh, KJAG radio. And, uh, by the way, the lovely and talented Linda Craft, of course, is owner of Linda Craft and Team Realtors here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can check her out at lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. So all these people who are listening all over our great United States, if you're interested in coming to the lovely Raleigh Raleigh RTP area, you can check her out. She will help you with all your real estate needs, whether it's commercial or residential. So check that out. Look at that. So there, I got my free shameless plug in. <laughs> That's awesome. That is that is fantastic. And uh, we've got Jay Izzo with us today. He joins us live here on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com and JAGshow.com. And uh, we are going to be uh, connecting here in a few moments with our guest. Uh, she is just getting off the air over there. There at uh, Fox News, and so uh, her uh, her booker told me that they, they, they said give her like five minutes after the hour oh. before you call her. <laughs> so you know what? I, you know what? Though I'll tell you what I did, James. I Melissa Francis, of course, is going to be our guest. Yes. This 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 afternoon, and yes. a lot of people don't know this. Melissa Francis, of course, was a child star on Little House on the Prairie. She was Cassandra Scott Ingalls, and. Uh, and so she has a long storied history of being on TV. She, of course, Fox TV News. Uh, people may recognize Melissa from, but she also has a great book called Lessons from the Prairie. And we're going to be talking to her. And I'm really excited because I was able to take some time to look a little bit through, peruse a little bit of the book prior to her coming on the show because I know she's going to want to talk about her book a great deal. And I'm really excited because the book is actually a lot of fun, and, and it's actually funny. And I hope you get a copy. By the way, speaking of books and yes. copies, did you get a did you get a cop did you get the confirmation that I I got the confirmation, books? and I am uh, patiently uh, waiting on our books. And uh, I'll tell you when we when we. Uh, when we get those books, we are going to have to have you on our Sunday radio program sometime and uh, and and talk about those books. And uh, I'll tell you that the, the the Sunday show is a completely different animal than what we have uh, what we have here uh, because what we have here is I, I can kind of control the way things work here on the Sunday show. It's yeah. it, it, it's insane. We, we we have this thing that. Uh, 
I've I've instituted and and had been instituted uh, and should probably be instituted uh, <laughs> from the uh, from from years and years ago. It was called the open door policy, and it pretty much was uh, we will talk to anybody about anything the entire. Uh, two hours that we are on uh, on on the big show on over the weekend, and so we've we've had all sorts of people come through. We've had crackheads come through. We've had uh, the neighbors. We we we, we it, it's it, it, it's it's just a circus. I've had people who have popped in to just say hello and then they leave. Uh, so it is. We've had musicians. We've had professional wrestlers. We've had. Uh, uh, awesome. We've had touring bands that have been coming through. In fact, uh, we did a deal one time on the Sunday show where it was terribly, terribly too hot to do the uh, to do the show in 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 the studio because the air conditioning broke. The landlord refused to come fix it. So what we did is I had a a national touring band called Artifice. Uh, they were coming through and they were going to play an acoustic set. And so what we did is we stuck them out back of the uh, of the complex here and then I had a buddy of mine who was also coming through who was uh, he's a spray paint artist his name's Cosmo and so what we did is we put Cosmo in the middle and we put the band around him and they played acoustic while he spray painted it was quite the deal that is that is awesome. Now, did you Facebook Live this? I did not. I did not Facebook Live it, but I did put it up on our YouTube. I can send you a link to it, okay. and you can. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I have got that. to see. I got to see Cosmo spray painting while the music is going on. That's, to me, that's 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 got to be is, great TV. Right it, is, I don't care it, is, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is quite the deal, as they say. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Now. That's um, we are going to be joined by our guest here in a few moments. She is uh, just getting off the air over there at the uh, the great Fox News, the uh, the embattled and troubled Fox News, as they say, because uh, they just they're having all sorts of problems over there. There's uh, you know there's 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 people leaving. There's people getting fired. There, it, it just it's not yeah, good. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not good. Okay, it's it's not no, it's not uh, good, James. <laughs> it's not good. But you know what? This is this is news, right? I mean, we all saw uh, Miss Griffith. Griffith was Griffin or Griffith? What the comedian who? Yes, did yes. The, right. The CNN. She was CNN fired her immediately. They sent her packing. Right? Yes, yeah, sent her packing. Right, and uh, I mean, this is this is how it goes. I mean, I think this is part of news. I think you know one of the things that. Melissa talks about in her book is she talks about how competitive uh, everything is in the newsroom, and I think you know when things are so competitive in news, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk to her about this, but I got to believe that when things are so competitive in a newsroom like that, as she said, she calls it a distraction, and I think it probably is a distraction because I think people are willing to do things that they would not normally do in real life just to get ahead. And I, I'm and and I, I I'm anxious to talk to her about the about that in the newsroom a little bit because she alludes to it in the book. 
It is a uh, it is a heck of a deal. We've got Jay Izzo with us today. He joins us live, and uh, we're going to be talking to our guest here in just a few moments. Uh, waiting on her to uh, get done at uh, at Fox News, and then we're going to uh, bring her in here to uh, to chat with us. We've got Jay Izzo kind of riding shotgun with us today here on a uh, here on a uh, here on our big broadcast. And uh, yeah. I I, I you know, and, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say. Okay, so we did a segment earlier today, you and I did, and have, have a lot of fun. And by the way, hopefully people realize that we have a ton of fun together, even though that we've never met in person, we have a lot of fun on the radio together. But you were telling me that you have people actually who know who I am that listen to me and, yes. and, and actually like me. On the radio, they do. They, they, they. Uh, there's a lot of people, and this, th- this is always what's so fun is that uh, there's a lot of people that like the 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 guests and the contributors a lot better than they do me. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just you know neither here nor there, as they say. So, well, well, I am grateful. Let me just say to those people who have told James how much they appreciate me being on the show and doing that, I am very grateful to you. Thank you. I try to be as entertaining as I possibly can. James makes it easy, and he makes it so easy for me, for me to do this, and he's a great person to um, be able to learn from in this industry and also uh, be a partner with as well when we get to do these type of things, and it's, it's very exciting. So people, listen, while you're listening to me, here's something that you can do. You can get online, and you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash Jaguar. That's audibletrial.com dot com forward slash jaguar and you can get your free audible book you could download my book entitled got social mediaology or perhaps you like one of james favorite stephen king books like the stand or something like that but if yeah yeah but if you want to hear these golden tones read you my book got social mediaology you could do that by going to either the either to www.jagshow.com or and click on the Audible link, or go to audibletrial.com forward slash Jaguar. Well, uh, we're going to be uh, chatting with there. our. With, we, hey, I'll tell you, you're 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 doing uh, amazing things. You know what? What I was getting ready to say a second ago is I yes. is uh, Richard uh, Kurtz, our our, our buddy, yes. our mutual friend from uh, Strategies PR and the La Jolla Writers Conference, is uh, in the process of I, I guess building a podcast network or something. Yes, he is. And uh, yes. I pitched him on the idea of, well, why don't we just do this? Why don't J host a show and I'll be his uh, his co-host and we'll do that and I've never yeah, heard anything yeah. back since <laughs> so <laughs> what, did, what did rich what did great what did the great and wondrous King Richard say that's it he didn't say anything back to me I sent him an email and I said let's do it and I've heard nothing so it was just it was literally <laughs> silent literally so, nothing yes King, King Richard literally said nothing. Wow. Yeah, what most people don't know is PR Strategies are my publicist for my book, and which is how I got to be introduced to James Jiggy Jaguar. And uh, do we should we should we, should we call this the Jiggy and Izzy hour? The Jiggy is it, uh, and Izzy. You know, you know what's funny about that is uh, is I had a a buddy of mine. Well, he, he's still a buddy of mine, and he's still alive. I, I make it sound like he's dead. Uh, <laughs> is this like the guy who we, was a? We checked. He's not dead. Um, okay. <laughs> 
he he used to do the Sunday show with us. His name is Sean Gates, but his uh, that's his as as the rappers say his government name. Um, his 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 gimmick, as they say, is Israel I Z R E A L, and um, nice. Israel's a rapper, and he used to do the show with us. Well, then he moved over to doing the TV show with us in in Salina, and. Um, my my other buddy who used to do the Sunday show with us also Ross Long from Colorado uh, said that there is a guy in Colorado by the name of Izzy and so every time he talks to uh, every time he talks to Israel he always refers to him as Izzy and so if we refer to you as Izzy at some point we have to get both you and Israel together and it's got to be the Jiggy and Izzy Izzy show or maybe it's Izzy yeah. Jiggy and Izzy I don't know yeah I don't know it, I you know what I, yes. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go. With it. I don't even know where to go with it either. So this this is why this is called the Jiggy Jaguar Experience. That's right. Gentlemen. You are listening to an experience. You are. You are. You are. Listen, you are not listening to radio. This is an experience, and this is what we try to give people on a regular basis. Yes, is an experience. It is a hell of a deal. Well, uh, we're going to do this. I'm going to attempt to call Melissa, but the way okay. Skype works is I've got to hang up with you, call her, and then call you back. So just okay. hold on. I'm going to call you back. It's just going to take me maybe two minutes because i got to get through okay. all the nonsense. i probably got to call a switchboard, all sorts of crap. So I'm going to hang up with you, and I'll call you right back okay. here in just a few seconds, homie. Hold on, brother. That was Jay Izzo. There went Jay Izzo. We are going to get Jay Izzo back with us, though. But uh, we have to get the great and talented Melissa Francis on the line with us. We are going to... Dial her up, as they say. Who is saying all these things? And why are they saying them? So, we're going to get Melissa in here. This is Melissa. Hello, Melissa. It's James Lowe with KJ Radio calling you for your radio interview. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I hope I didn't. Uh, I, I was told to call you at 10 after. It's like 9 after, so I hope I, I, no, I didn't perfect. catch you. <laughs> At a bad it's time. Perfect. Okay, well, hold on just a second. I'm going to bring our co-host in here, Jay Izzo. I got to bring him in on the old Skype Rooney, as they say, or as uh, Chris Matthews calls it, the skip. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to Melissa Francis here in just a second. She is the author of Lessons from the Prairie: The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success. Yeah. And uh, there's Jay Izzo. How are you, sir? I am well, thank you. I hope you are. And uh, Melissa Francis with us today, author of Lessons Excellent. from the Prairie. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. we can hear you perfectly. Jay, I know that you uh, you did a little bit of research on our uh, fabulous guest. I know you've got some I, questions, so I'll let you go. I'll let you start. Yeah. Here. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I hope you are well. Excellent. Well, first of all, Melissa, thank you for coming on the show. And I want to tell you, I have not read it, the entire book. But I have breezed through. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry, but I have, I have, I have breezed through some chapters of Lessons from the Prairie. And by the way, funny, funny stuff. You have some great stuff in the book. And as somebody you know who has a book in the market now and got a couple more coming out, I know that as an author. There is a lot that goes into a book, and you have such tremendous experience. And for the listening audience who doesn't know, Melissa Francis was Cassandra Scott Ingalls, right? Cassandra Cooper Ingalls. You were so close. 
All around it. Cooper, Cooper <laughs> Ingalls. Well, yeah, doggone, I hate that when I miss it. Cooper Ingalls <laughs> on Little House on the Prairie. Which, by the way, as, as a Midwestern boy, and, and of course, this, James is in Hutchinson, Kansas, right? Yes. I mean, who did not watch Little House on the Prairie? Little House on the Prairie was with us from the time we were children through junior high, high school, college, grad school. It went on forever. I mean, it was longer than the book was. And you were a star, uh, a young star on that. And then, of course, Fox News, and you're an author. You are a Renaissance woman. So now, now I've got to ask, what inspired you to write this next chapter of this book, Lessons from the Prairie? You are so sweet. First of all, thank you so much for that. And I am so thrilled. It warms my heart to hear you say that you laugh. Because first and foremost, I really wanted to entertain people. I mean, I sort of set out to spend a few hundred pages making fun of myself. And when I was done with it, my husband said, I don't know about this. (laughs) He wasn't sure. (laughs) You know, there's such a thing as being too honest and sharing too much. But I have to tell you, I mean, I just wanted... I see people, I see moms out there. I'm a regular mom. i got three kids. I drive them to school. I pick them up afterwards. And I see other moms, and they say to me, you know, how do you get your hair defrizzed? How, how do you get your eyelashes to look like that? And I say, oh, my goodness, I don't. There's a, there's a whole glam squad at work that's there to make it all look good, and I've got a lot of support. And, you know, people these days just hold themselves to impossible standards. We all push ourselves so hard. We try so hard. Um, And I wanted to be really real with people and show them all the faults so that we can give ourselves a break. I say don't lean in. Please, God, don't lean in. Sit down and take a load (laughs) off and and maybe have a glass of wine. Uh, In all seriousness, you know, I put, I also have fallen on my face so many times in my life that I wanted to share those stories and make you laugh, but also tell you the fantastic things I learned from those disasters because you only learn from disaster. You never learn from success. And I wanted to make a survival guide for my kids. God forbid something happened to me. They would have the most important things that I have learned in my life. In fact, in there is my secret recipe for turning disaster into golden opportunity. And honest to goodness, I have used it so many times. It's easy to follow. It's four distinct steps. It starts with wallowing in a vat of self-pity, just throwing yourself in the ground and crying until you're dehydrated. That's the way you got to start that process. Get it all out of your system. The steps after that, which I can't tell you because the whole point is to force you to go buy my book, but the steps after that will take you to a new place where you're better off than where you were when you experienced the loss. I've used it myself so many times, and I just wanted to share it with people and make you laugh. I think I mentioned that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Now, now, Jay, you you and I were talking before we got Melissa on, and uh, Melissa Francis, of course, grew up as a child star on Little House on the Prairie. Since then, she's gone on to author a best-selling memoir, Diary of a Stage Mother's Daughter, and has anchored CNBC's Power Lunch, The Call, and On the Money. She currently hosts two daily business shows on Fox Business Network, and uh, she is amazing. You can find her on her website, melissafrancisofficial.com. And we were talking about uh, Fox News and cable news and everything thing jay i know that you had a question for her about uh, competitiveness and everything yeah because your book melissa your book one, this is one of probably several questions i'm going to ask you melissa but one of the things in your book is you talk about how competitiveness is a distraction and yeah. and especially in the newsroom 
and I, I believe that to be true as a psychological professional. Could you elaborate on, I'd, I'd like to hear your elaboration on how competitiveness becomes a distraction. Yes. So there's a fine line between, you know, driving yourself to do well, and there's healthy competition when you're looking at other people and, and kind of raising your level of performance. But most of the time, what we're really doing is distracting ourselves from being better by looking at, oh, my goodness, this person has that. Why did they get that and I didn't get this? And rather than working on being better yourself, you're worrying about what other people have that you don't. I interviewed Steve Martin recently, and he said to me that when people come to him and they ask him, you know, how do I get better? How do I become a, how do I become a comedian? How do I become famous like you? How do I do what you did? And he says, you have to be so damn good, they can't ignore you. And that means focusing on your game and working on your game. And he said people hate that advice because it's a lot of hard work. But it's about really making yourself better, not envying, pulling down people around you, comparing yourself to people around you, asking, feeling, how many people sit there and you say, gosh, you know, the boss keeps favoring that person and giving that person something, and if only they would give it to me, then I would have what I wanted. You can't get distracted by that. It takes you off your game, and, and while you're having those, you know, sort of competitive, envious thoughts, you're not working on what it is you do. You're not working on your craft, you know, and I try to go out into every show I'm doing and have the best, focus on having the best show I've ever had. You know, focus on what, how can I ask my questions better? How can I have research and ammunition that that I wouldn't have otherwise if I hadn't really put my nose to the grindstone? What can I do to make myself better? Not what anyone else around me is doing. And, you know, Roger Ailes, for all his faults, and they were many and, and you know, and all the stories everyone's hearing, and I don't know what's true and what's not, but certainly, you know, enough of it is true. But he also had a lot of genius in him. And he talked about how we're all unique. We bring something unique to what we do. Can't worry about someone copying you because they can't be you. And at the same time, you shouldn't worry about them and try and copy them or try and get what they have. You do you. You focus on you. Make yourself better. Raise your own game. And that's kind of what I mean by not getting distracted by competition. I also call it, it you know, you can be a, a Nelly or you can be a Laura. You know, Nelly was always worried about what everybody else had. She was always worried about putting other people down. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. I, I can't believe you brought up Nelly. I, I, I hate yeah. it. <laughs> You know what? She is such a nice person, and and I'm talking about the so there were two Nellies. There was Nellie and there was Nancy, and Nellie was the original, you know, bad character, point of darkness. You've got to have them in every single. But she, you know, was lovable in her own way, of course. Then when I came on, and they were basically dusting off the old scripts and taking them out of the filing cabinet to try and you know like get a few more years out of the show, and so they made me the new Laura as the Cassandra character, and the new Nellie was a girl named Nancy who was, looked just like the original one. What's really funny is so both of those actresses, the one that played Nellie and the one that played Nancy, they were both named Allison. And I was Melissa, and so was Laura. Her name was Melissa, too. Isn't that weird? And it, they didn't hire us for that reason. I mean, it was just kind of a strange, godly sort of coincidence. Bizarre, right? That is bizarre because they both had curls. They, they had, I mean, well, no, they, they didn't. Pin- I well, know <laughs> those are wigs, you silly goose. <laughs> I know, I know that. No, I know You're that, such a they, guy. 
I, don't, I know. I am a guy. Hello, Melissa. I am a guy. I get it. Which, which, which by the way, I got to tell you, your husband, Ray, uh, who, yeah. by the way, you admitted in the book, was a little stubborn, and he may have gotten that from his mother, but we won't talk about that too much. Yeah, don't don't uh, tell her I said that. <laughs> I, I won't tell her. I promise I won't. I, not, that I, not that I got that from anywhere in the book. But anyway, no. you, you, I think it's chapter four. You have a, a book, um, Do Not Be a Lunatic If at All yeah. Possible. Try and, Not to Be a Lunatic If at All Possible, yes. That's yeah, the name of the chapter. Yeah, it, yes. And I, I, I was reading through the chapter. By the way, funny, funny stuff. The 2 a.m., stuff oh yeah yeah it's just it's just hilarious maybe share a little bit of that yes no i mean i so when i talk about this phenomenon trying not to be a lunatic or what it means to be a lunatic i mean i will bring women to tears because they're laughing but they know it's them and you know the lunatics around you Luna, if you're a lunatic and i am so i can say this safely and i, I wish i were a recovering lunatic i'm trying to be a recovering <laughs> lunatic but i'm not sure i'm there yet your eyes pop open at 2 o'clock in the morning, and people listening out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And while you're staring at the ceiling, you think of everything that you could have done differently, everything you should do differently in the future, and everything that needs to be done at exactly that moment. You're like, what is going on with the air conditioner? I think I smell something strange. I've got to call someone. I, you know, I could call him right now. I could just leave a message, even though it's 2 a.m. I've also, you know, I should paint the ceiling. It looks like it's painting. Do the kids have their stuff for tomorrow? Where are their shoes? Can I make their lunch? You know what? Susie's looking a little plump around the middle. I should not have made her that sandwich. It's really my fault. I didn't, you know, I, I gave her juice as a kid. Everyone told you not to do that. Why did I do Why did I give her juice? I am the worst parent in the world. You berate yourself. I mean, yep. you ask, you interrogate yourself like you're, you know, wanted for in by the FBI. I mean, it's incredible. And you can't go back to sleep. And the decisions you make at that hour are really horrible. Some of my yes. best bits of advice, first of all, do not send any emails when you're in this state. I have never woken up in the morning and looked at my phone and said, thank God I sent that scathing email blasting that person at 2 o'clock in the morning. In the broad daylight, that seems like such a good decision. I was so smart to do that. Oh, wonderful. No. Instead, you're thinking of excuses. You're walking around shamed, first of all. Tell me out there, listeners. You know what I'm talking about. You're walking around shamed, and you're thinking of, what could I say? My child stole my phone at 2 o'clock in the morning and thought it would be really funny to um, berate you about the way you cut the bushes or styled my hair or whatever, parked your car in front of my house or left your trash where it wasn't supposed to be, whatever it is you beat someone about. I mean, you're so embarrassed the next day. The only thing I can do, and so now this is the serious bit of advice, I leave a pad and paper next to my bed. I know people have said this before. It's not an original idea, but I write down what I think are these brilliant solutions. Rather than putting them in an email, I write them on a pad, and I think about I am giving them over to the pad for the night. Like, I'm just, here it is. Here's my solution. Here's my problem. Here's the garble. There it is. It's all done. I can stop thinking about it for a moment and go to sleep. You'll be amazed when you wake up in the morning what that list looks like. Every once in a while, there's something good on there. Most of the time, it's the rantings of a lunatic. And when I say I, I try not to be a lunatic, if at all possible, my husband breezed by the computer. He saw the title, and he goes, how's that going for you? And then he scooted off before I could hit him with something. Can you imagine? Uh, yes, I can, because I have a wife who does that to me as well. So <laughs> as somebody who writes, and, you know, my wife is a successful businesswoman, and so she will look at me sometimes very strangely, 
on occasion and say, well, how's that going for you? And yeah. kinda, she just kind of walks away. And you, I know, I get it. And by the way, have you ever had those moments? Because I do the, I, I occasionally will do the pad thing, especially I have one in the drawer. Have you ever had those times that when you wrote it down on the pad in the middle of the night and you woke up and you had that Seinfeld moment where you can't really make out what it was that you actually wrote on the pad? When, does, when, when can you make out what you wrote? I mean, that's like, do you have experience? No. Yeah, I'm just, half the time, I can't make it out. I don't know what I'm referring to. Every once in a while, there's something good on there. Do you know what is, so I write effectively at that time in terms of, like, here's a great idea for the next chapter, but I don't make good life decisions at that hour. When I no. decide that I'm going to, you know, go on an all-Triscuit diet because, you know, I'm really sad about how I can't fit into any of my pants or something, or I'm going to go on an all, you know, mint diet, um, you know, this is a sort of, the things that seem really good then at breakfast do not necessarily make that much sense. Now, I also have some, so we're talking about lessons from the prairie, obviously. These are my little bits of wisdom that I'm trying to spread everywhere. I think you guys can probably relate to this. I was talking to Don Imus, Imus in the morning this morning, and he did not appreciate this thought, and I don't know why. I talk about how you really can't train your partner, that who you are at the altar is like, that's that. You're your best self. They're their best self. It doesn't get better from there. You're not going to improve yeah. that person. Like that's, that's, everybody is campaigning for the job at that moment. So they're sort of their best individual self. And then after that, you've been elected, so you sort of slack off a little bit. One thing I've noticed is, so I never, my husband around my house is very neat, and it drives his mother crazy because when she, he goes to her house and when he grew up in her house, he was a total slob. And what I realized was, we move into a new place, and I am like, I'm like an anthropologist quietly following behind him. And I see where this particular mammal litters his dirty boxers. And I watch where he throws his used razor. And then I come to where the razors are predictably collecting for a few days with the deodorant that has no cap on it. And wherever that pile is, I construct a medicine cabinet right there. That's his spot. He's effectively peed on that area. That's where he wants his stuff to go. So put a cabinet in there. Now, don't bother yourself if this is, like, right in the middle of the room or it's in the garage or wherever because you're not going to retrain this mammal to move his stuff elsewhere. No, your only hope is to make some sort of cubby that you can live with in that spot. Similarly, when his, she says he throws his, his clothes on the ground, yes, he does. And wherever he does that, I slide a hamper in. Guess what? For the rest of the time we live in that apartment, he puts his stuff in the hamper because it happens to be the location where he's comfortable shedding his dirty clothing. I mean, I haven't trained him. He's trained me. I'm just putting a receptacle where he's naturally going. So his mother will jump up and down and harangue and say, he's a slob when you're at my house. He makes such a mess. This is terrible. Ray, pick up your clothes. And as she's yelling, he gives him her this calm look. And it's almost as if he's enjoying her tirade. I don't know. Call me crazy. I'm like, the more you jump up and down and nag him, the less he does what you wait. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's a connection there. Oh, there is. Why not? Yeah, yeah, there, there is. There is. We're talking with Melissa Francis, author of the book, Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival. I learned on America's Favorite Show, former child actor on Little House on the Prairie, and of course on Fox News currently. And Melissa's book is absolutely fabulous. You can get a hardcover copy on Amazon. And by the way, I just noticed on Amazon Prime, you can get it the next day. 
that's how cool Ooh. this is. And it's, you can it's even mail it to me at Fox News headquarters in Manhattan. I'll sign it, put an envelope in, I'll send it back to you. Oh, I know I'm going to regret that. They're starting to really pile in, but I'm that desperate for you to buy my book. Yeah, I know. And then I also saw that you have it, of course, in the Kindle edition, and then you also have the Audible book as well. And I recorded uh, that, and I loved doing it because, like, it. So, in my secret life, I would like to be a comedy writer. That's what I'm going to do next. So I wrote the book, and I didn't. I didn't think anyone could deliver the jokes properly. So I, I recorded the audio myself, and I had a blast. I mean, there are very serious parts, of course, in the book. I mean, there's a whole chapter about, um, you know, I have a, a blood condition I didn't know about before I was pregnant. When my, one of my sons was born, we thought he was dead, and he was whisked away. It's a, it's a harrowing story. Um, it has a happy ending. All of my children are okay. But in, in doing that part, I was in tears and really crying. There are other parts that are, I hope, hilarious. And I didn't trust anyone else to deliver the punchline properly. And I wanted to make that audiobook something that you would drive down the highway in your car listening to and hopefully not crash, but the car next to you would be wondering what the heck you were listening to <laughs> because you're obviously laughing so loudly. Right, right. Well, I, I got to tell you, you have a tremendous sense of humor. The book is funny. And I, I have been in studio and have did my book in studio as well. And I really enjoyed doing it, but a lot of people don't realize how much work it is to actually do your book in studio, and it, yeah. it, is, a lot of, it is a lot of work to do a book in studio, and, and I tell people, you know, I didn't stumble over the word illusory correlation, I stumbled over the words <laughs> is, the, and, it, if, those are the words that I stumbled over, and I think there's a series of outtakes that we cannot share on any radio station whatsoever after stumbling over those things. Did you have that same experience when you were doing the recording? Oh, yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, I would have a migraine when I left because it's just so intense. You know, you're trying to, if it, you know, for listeners out there, think about the idea of reading a book out loud from start to finish, and you can't make any mistakes, and every time you do, you have to go back. I mean, just yes. imagine standing there and doing that. It takes days, days and days and days. It is really labor-intensive. I actually didn't do it for my first book because my first book was Diary of a Stage Mother's Daughter, and it's my sort of hardcore biography about growing up, and it was way too emotional. And it was hard enough to write it that I knew I couldn't sit there and then read it aloud. So I didn't do that one, but this one I did myself. And um, it was fun, though, I have to say, because, this is probably too much detail, but for my writing process for this one, I wanted to write the way I speak and make it very conversational. And my good girlfriends say that when they read the book, they feel like they're exactly sitting across the table from me having a drink or something. That So having written it in the voice that I speak with, it was easier for me to read than if I had done a fancier job on it. Yeah, and I, and I agree, and I love that philosophy because that's the way I write as well as I write in terms of, I write the way I speak. I do not want people, if they hire me to go speak somewhere and I'm speaking at a business conference or something like that, I do not want them to buy the book and then all of a sudden go, oh, my gosh, that doesn't even sound like the person. I literally wanted it to be. You sound very fancy, though. I mean, so you're going and you're speaking at conferences and they're hiring you. You sound very, I think you're much fancier than I am. You're very fancy. Oh, no, 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 my dear. I am. I'm about as Midwest six foot five country boy as you see. It just happens to be I have an education as well, and so. That's, but yeah, I love no, there's it. Lots, I'm a, there's a lot of simplicity. I'm gonna have there's to come out visit you. Yeah, a lot of simplicity. I'm, act, I'm we're actually out here in Raleigh, North Carolina, while James oh, is in Hutchinson, nice. Kansas. Yeah, yes. so it's pretty cool. So, 
we're, by the way, we're talking to Melissa Francis, and uh, great book, Lessons from the Prairie, The Se- Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival, I Learned on America's Favorite Show. Melissa, I want to ask you something. As an author to author, I want to know, do you do you write off of inspiration? Do you write off of necessity? How do you? What is your writing process? I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people out there who want to write a book. I, I, I hear all the time, oh, you know, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I want to write a book, and they don't do it. And sometimes I think it's because they don't understand how the process works. And there's so many different processes. I'm an inspirational, even though I write business books and psychology books, I'm more. I work more off of inspiration. How does it work for you, the writing process? Definitely inspiration. I would say when I wanted to write my first book, which was a memoir, that that was, um, it had to do with it. My my son, so I am estranged from my mother. My nuclear family sort of blew up into smithereens, uh, no pun intended with the nuclear part. And it, uh, he kept asking me, he was about three years old, and he was asking me where was my husband's mother, my mother, too. You know, he was three. He doesn't understand how things work. But I could tell what he was doing was he was trying to figure out what was going on. Where's my mom? Why hasn't he seen her? And I realized that I was going to have to answer that question and that I didn't want to scare him and I didn't want him to think I was ever going to leave him because I wasn't going to do that. So I knew I had to get right with the story of my life and be able to tell it in a way that I was okay with because I was sincerely okay with my life and how it had turned out, but I didn't know how to put it into words. And it was a great process for me because I just wrote down my memories the way I had them in my head, and it became, you know, it kind of took on a life of its own. To get started in the first place, when I told a book agent I wanted to do this, I had never written anything before. And he said, just write a scene. It doesn't have to be the beginning, middle, end. You don't have to think about the whole story arc. Just write a scene. And that got me going. I mean, that's because if you talk about, I've got to start at the beginning and know where I'm heading, that's really overwhelming. So I always give that advice to people when they're thinking about trying to write. Eventually, yes, of course you have to write a beginning, middle, and end and have the arc there. But it's too overwhelming to start that way. Start putting together a few scenes, and then it starts coming together. With the second book, you know, I knew that my inspiration was that I felt like I had learned some really valuable things that other people have missed. For example, I watch people at my work abuse the people around them who work with them. We all know people like that, whether it's at work, it's at preschool, you know, it's other moms. Whatever it is, you all have people who make everyone around them miserable. And I actually learned from Michael Landon that not only does that make you an awful person, it's also really an effective way to operate because everyone hates you and no one wants to help you. And I look at these divas who will abuse the camera person, abuse the makeup person. I look at the moms who are alienating the other people around them who are trying to have playdates, and I think you're making yourself so miserable and you're not being very effective. If you just treat people nicely, you'd be amazing amazed how much better your life works, how much happier you are, um, you know, and, and how much better the end product is. You don't have an ulcer. Like, there's all kinds of reasons. And it's just one of the teeny little slivers of lessons that I wanted to remember to teach my kids. And I thought, I want to put together a manual, like a survival guide of maybe the 10 or 12 best 
big ticket lessons that I've learned in life, most of which I've learned the hard way. Maybe I can save them the trouble and the pain. Maybe they still have to learn it the hard way, but they go back and go, right, I know that's true because I've lived that. But I wanted to put it together in one place as a survival guide. So it was the inspiration of giving something to my children, but the organization was like, what are the really big ones for me? You know, I mean, pride in a paycheck, pride in your job, pride in a job well done. In this country today, I feel like in a lot of places, it's been lost that every paycheck deserves respect and that there is a real feeling of power when someone outside the, the, your family, outside your house, will give you money for a job well done. That is, that is, that is powerful. That feels good. You know you don't have to depend on other people. You don't take abuse from other people. If you know that you have the ability to do that for yourself, you feel good about yourself. You feel good about bringing that paycheck home to your family. And, right. and that has no gender. You know, I mean, that's just right. a feeling that too many people these days are robbed of. And another lesson that both my husband and I learned early that we wanted to make sure our kids understood early, you got to have the summer job. Not because I don't want to pay for you, because I don't want to rob you of that joy, of that sensation, that thrill when you do for yourself. And those are, you know, that's a simple way of saying the lesson, but I sort of illustrate it, how I got there, how I saw it on the show, how I saw it in the books, how I live it now, you know, what it's like in our culture now and how I teach it to my kids. And there are a lot of lessons like that out there. I, you know, I also tell the story. There's some interesting stuff. You know, I have two kids that I have, and I have a surrogate daughter. And, you know, it has to do with that blood condition that I have that I talked about, the harrowing experience I had having my sons, but that was an incredible journey where I learned that there are people out there that are so generous, that are such heroes, and the family that gave us our daughter, I, I can't talk about it without crying. I mean, it's, it is truly a story of angels and miracles, and I have this unique perspective of having two kids I had and one that I didn't carry. And a lot of people ask me, what does that feel like? What does the difference feel like? And I write a lot about that. That's beautiful. Is that a good tease? That's beautiful. Yes. That is absolutely beautiful, Melissa. We're talking to Melissa Francis, Lessons, author of Lessons from the Prairie, Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival, I learned on America's Favorite Show. You can get the book on, of course, your favorite books over Barnes Noble, Hudson Books, but also you get it on Amazon as well and by the way if you have amazon prime you get that in a day maybe even less get the audible version listen to her voice it's a beautiful voice that she has she actually was in studio in the book and you can listen to her golden tones and you can do that and we are so glad to have her here on kjag radio and i want to ask i'm going to ask kind of a follow-up question because there's so many things so many beautiful things that you have said here in our time that we've had with you i love your thought about humility about getting on the ground and you know, crying until you're dehydrated. I, I, I love that. I love that humility piece. I think that's something that people just don't think about very much. That sometimes we just have to be humble or be humbled yeah. and get hit rock bottom. It, one of the things that we always talk about is you got to get to a point where you can't go right or left and you can't sink any further. And I believe that's the place that you're talking about that you have to, you get on your hands and knees and you weep until. You are dehydrated, and I think that's a beautiful thought. And then here you come around full circle, and you talk about something that may sound offensive to some, but it shouldn't be, and that is it's called ethical capitalism. I know those two words don't always seem to go together very well, but it's what you talked about is that you've done a job well done. You're part of the economic system, and you've, 
you, you've created a cap, we have a capitalistic society that we can give back. And in terms, if we do this in an ethical way, in a real way, yeah. we give back and we keep the system going in a very cool yeah. way. And, and that's a beautiful thought process as well. And I think, Melissa, one of the things, as I was perusing through your book and I was looking through the different chapters and I was really thinking about this competitiveness thing, you know, I was, before you come, had come on, I was telling James that I, I wonder if it is that distractive competitiveness in your industry, the, the news industry, where is, if that's part of the reason why people are willing to do things that they would maybe not ordinarily do in real life, oh, yeah. and, the reason, and the reason why they they leave, they move, they're fired, they're shifted, they're they're exposed because they are trying so hard to be competitive that they get their eye off the prize, and that is just get better, just get better, which I think is one of the other lessons that you so generously provided with us is focus on you and just get better, work on you, work on your game, work on improving yeah. the little things of your game. So I was curious, is that is that part of the reason why we see all this shifting and moving in the, in the TV news industry? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the big themes you just said, be so good they can't ignore you. It's hard because that involves so much work. And sometimes it's so much easier to think you're being wronged and slighted and this and that, um, but it's so counterproductive. I mean, it's just about focusing on being as good as you possibly can. Um, I think that news is incredibly competitive. You know, I mean, especially, um, you know, people just, there's that magic of kind of wanting to be in front of the camera. Um, you know, obviously, I have a pathological need to be on television. <laughs> I was on television as a kid. I found a way to do it as an adult. It's very different what I do now to me. I mean, I know to the naked eye, to some people, it might look the same. When I was an actor, I felt... You know, I felt a little bit silly. I was kind of, I felt like I was a marionette, that I was kind of acting out someone else's emotions and thoughts and words, and I wanted to speak for myself. And in news, especially what I do on Fox News Channel and Fox Business, you know, we set up the debate. We have the people's names in the prompter, but as soon as, it's very much like this show. As soon as you say the introduction and you read their background, you're off to the races having a conversation. And to me, that was using my brain and my thought and was more authentic to me, but obviously it's still a sparkly job, you know. And I right. do have someone grooming each one of my eyelashes individually, and I, you know, do have somebody who drops dresses off in my office and, you know, leaves, you know. So it's, it's I, I, it would be a lie to say that that's not part of the lure for me, for sure. And sure. I think that it does attract people you know, the the rash, I don't know if you're alluding to, you know, like the rash, all the sexual harassment that's gone in the business and, and everything that's happened at Fox News. You know, I think that people want to be in the business so badly that they're willing to do things and put up with things that they wouldn't normally in another setting that you wouldn't put up with at, you know, another workplace where you didn't want the opportunity so badly and you hadn't struggled so hard to get to this point. Um, I would say that, and and this is pretty controversial, you know, that, the kind of um, misbehavior and all the things that we're exposed to have been going on at Fox News are happening across the industry. And other anchors at other of the big cable news channels and broadcast have come to me both before and after this came out to tell me who is the person at their office 
who is doing the same thing, who is on a quid pro quo racist, you know, exchanging favors for favors. And it's going on everywhere. And um, I think a lot of industries have cleaned themselves up. Wall Street, you know, I cover finance. My husband works in finance. I think Wall Street's gotten a lot better because it's cost them a pretty penny. There's been so many lawsuits that managers have said, you know, if I catch you doing this, you're fired because I'm not going to pay the lawsuit. And people, it's been about money. I mean, it's so sad, but that's what got that industry clean. Now that it's cost Fox so much in so many different ways, hopefully more of my industry will be scared straight, but it's not a Fox problem. It's an industry-wide problem. And you're just not hearing about it at the other places because people haven't been willing to sue because, they, I mean, I'm thinking of individual cases I know of in my in my own life where women have come to me and say, guess what this one did? And I right. say, you need to go to HR, you need to complain, or you should hire Gloria Allred. And she's like, no, because then I'll never work in this business again, and I've wanted to be a, you know, I've wanted to be a news anchor my whole life. And it's that uh, simple. I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah, I am. And 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 I didn't mean, I did not mean at all to turn this into this. Uh, that was not my point. Oh, no, that- it's okay. I, I, that was not Better it. to and talk I, about it. I mean, that's part of the problem is that people aren't talking about it. Yeah, and I do believe that this is an industry-wide thing. I think that there is a lot of – I think there. sometimes what happens is we spend so much focus on, you know, one group or one person like Fox or something like that, and we insist, well, that's the only place it is. And that's absolutely not true. This is, as you made it so plainly clear, this is an industry-wide issue and one that needs to be addressed and needs to be in addressed right way without people feeling threatened that their livelihoods are going to end. And especially because those of us who like to be on stage or be in front of a camera or, you know, on the radio or what we do, that's part of who we are. That's, it's just the natural part of who we are. And we'd hate to lose that. But at the same time, you want to feel like you can be in a safe environment where I wouldn't lose that. And I think, you know, one of the things, I think one of the things that, you know, in your book about competitiveness and and that the whole idea that it being distracting, I think that's so much a part to me, and I'm looking at it from a psychological point of view, I just see it as being such a huge part of how the human, just the as a human race, how easily we can be distracted because we are so focused on the wrong thing or we're so focused on the other person that what happens is we are willing to do, willing to accept, willing to to do things that we would not ordinarily do. I, I, I write about psychology and social media, and I tell people all the time, trust me, there is a reality to online disinhibition effect. People get behind a phone. They get, yeah. behind, a, they get behind their laptop. They get behind their tablet. And they're they're no longer inhibited. All their inhibitions go away, and they say things and do things that they would not normally do in real life. And I think that's one of the things that I felt like your book was really presenting well in oh, lessons, thank you. Less, lessons from the Prairie. And by the way, we're talking to Melissa Francis, author of Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival. I learned on America's Favorite Show. And, of course, the show she's referring to is Little House on the Prairie. And so, Melissa, I know that we've taken up so much of your time. And by the I way, know I have to run. I love you guys so much. I could talk to you all day and night. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and doing this. Before you part, would you like to like just tell people how we can 
uh, get a hold of your book. I know I've mentioned it a few times, yeah. but man, thank you and, and so much. Also, go, you go to Amazon Lessons from the Prairie. It's right there. Um, there's the audio version as well. You can find me on Twitter at Melissa A. Francis. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Fox News Channel and Fox Business every single day. Um, and I hope that you'll pick up the book and laugh and let me know what you think about it, please. I love getting emails. I love reading the reviews. I love seeing it on Twitter. I, I'm, I wrote it all for you, and I want to hear what you think. So thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you very much, Melissa. And I will be, look for me following you on Twitter, and look for me getting a copy book and writing a review for you too as well. Oh, thank you. I love you guys. Thank you, thank you. Have a great love day. Love you too, Melissa. You too. Definitely. Thank you, thank you Melissa. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. That, of course, was uh, Melissa Francis, and uh, she joins us here on our big broadcast, and uh, also jagshow.com. And uh, Jay Izzo, I'll have to say, you 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 are you are quite the uh, interesting individual. You you know how to you know how to keep things rolling and keep people talking. That I think is awesome. <laughs> Because, because well, I was told, and this this is kind of inside baseball, but I was told okay. by the uh, by the publicist she can only be on for fifteen minutes. She's only going to be on for fifteen minutes. And I said, "Well, does she have anything booked after?" And he's like, "No, but uh, Fox is going to throw a fit. She can only be on for fifteen minutes." And uh, we talked to her for about fifty-two minutes, and it's because <laughs> she just kept talking because you kept asking engaging questions and kept her interested. Interested and uh, she was having a good time. Uh, I think that's awesome. I do. T- uh, listen, so she was only supposed to have fifty. This was only supposed to be a fifteen-minute interview, <laughs> and I did a fifty-two-minute interview. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, and she had a great time. I mean, and she had a blast. And that was the thing. I did a deal a couple years ago where I interviewed the uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and I was told on several occasions that. The, the day of the show. They're only going to have 10 minutes. They're only going to have 10 minutes. And at one point, I hit on something, and dude talked, and we got out of there 25 minutes later. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I didn't know so. what happened. I didn't know we, James, you didn't tell me that we only had 15 minutes on the show. No, I just, I wanted to see what was going to go on. I was going to see if she was going to, going to pull the old, I got to go, or if she was going to, or if she just was going to keep talking. And she enjoyed herself, so she kept talking. So good. And and I gave, and I gave her outs. I mean, I don't know if she, oh yeah, we gave her a lot of opportunities to pull that ripcord and get out of there. She could get out safely without having to do that. The fact that she stood on there for 52 minutes with us and allowed me to probe her about being the author that she was. And and I think, because, you know, she was on Imus, right, for only 15 minutes this morning. Yes. In the morning, right? Yes. We had her for 52 minutes. (laughs) 52 minutes. Take that, Don Imus. That's right. Take that. That's right. And we were interesting. And we were interesting, and she really enjoyed us. That was really, really cool. And and you know what? How cool was it that she was willing to kind of give us a little bit of an insight into the Fox thing? See, I was I was wondering where that was going to go. I didn't know if she was yeah. going to say anything, or if she was, or if she was going to going to pull the ripcord then, or or, or what was going uh, on. But I no, she she talked about it. It's I, great. Yeah, I thought it was great. She talked about that with us. I mean, she gave us some great stuff in the book, and she is funny, by the way. I mean, did you did you see? I never saw this very humorous side of her 
because, you know, she's been, I mean, for the listeners who are listening right now, you know, you know, we see her on Fox Business News, and, of course, you know, she, she's very professional and very serious, but she has a, an amazing sense of humor. Oh, my gosh, she's funny. I mean, she, I, I understand why she had to read the book, because she had to deliver the lines in her way, because she's, she's funny, and I, I got to get a copy of the book. Uh, the book, by the way, for those of you who are just catching up, we just interviewed Melissa Francis and from Fox News and, of course, child star actor on Little House on the Prairie. The book is entitled Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival I Learned on America's Favorite Show, and, of course, that being Little House of Prairie. And you're listening to KJAG Radio. That's www.jagshow.com. Yes, indeed. And also, if you want to get this book, you can by going to audibletrial.com forward slash Jaguar, and you can listen to Melissa's book, or you can buy my book, Got Social Mediology, Using Psychology to Master Social Media for Your Business Without Spending a Dime. All you need to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash Jaguar, and if you want to buy the hardcover, because my book's in hardcover, Melissa's book's in hardcover, and you are an Amazon Prime member, Tell you what you do. Go to jagshow.com, www.jagshow.com, J-A-G-S-H-O-W.com. And then what you do is you will see below the Jiggy Jaguar background, you will see an Amazon link on your right-hand side. Click on that Amazon link, and then what you do is purchase the books through there, and you do, you'll do several things. One, you'll be supporting an author. The other thing is you're supporting the Jag Show and you're going to get a great deal in the process. So go to jagshow.com and click on the Amazon link and get those. And don't forget to download the Jag Show app, by the way, for your Android or your iPhone. That's the Jag Show app. And you can get, you're can you probably going to get to listen to this show, again, where you got 52 minutes of Melissa Francis that nobody else is going to have. We're going to have that. So check out Jag Show app. Download that on your phone. James, I think that's awesome. You, 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 you know, I, I did a deal. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you about this. I think I might have told you about this. My, my, my favorite story of all time is when we went to go interview Eddie Money at the uh, Sundown Salute, and uh, they told us to paradise. They, they told us they, they. I, I had to go. I didn't have to do this with, with Melissa Francis because I know her PR person and thought it, it. It's radio. It's completely different than TV. But uh, uh, I, we did an interview with Eddie Money, and I had to jump through so many damn hoops. Uh, I had to I had to talk to the PR person. I had to talk to the agent. I had to talk to an advisor. I had to talk to uh, a record label. I, I had to talk to everybody. And finally, I get a call the day before from an unknown phone number, and uh, they, they told me to be uh, with my gear and everything and be at the curb in Junction City, Kansas, and this black bus will pull up. A guy will get off of it, he will point at me, and I will have to get on the bus, and I will have ten minutes, to, or I have fifteen minutes to interview Eddie Money, and so I, I told my buddy Ross Log, I said they they called us, we're going, and he's like, so do you have a backup number or anything? And I'm like, no, and he's like, so what's going on? And I said, I've not told anybody we were even going to interview Eddie Money, so the only people that know would be you and me and whoever the hell was on the other end of that phone. So we show up to Junction City. The black bus pulls up. This guy gets off of it. He points at us, uh, beckons us to the bus. We get to the bus. He says, you guys are going to have 15. Uh, scratch that. You're going to have 10 minutes. 
And so Eddie Money comes out. We get all of our stuff set up. And he comes out there, and he's just Eddie Money. He just not a big deal. And I said, you know, I know that we've only got ten minutes. He goes, no, 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 take as long as you would need. I don't care. So we <laughs> we interviewed Eddie Money for like 20 minutes. And then afterwards, we said, hey, can we shoot the first three songs? And he's like, yeah, sure, my, my, my tour manager, son, whatever, he'll hook it up. So we find out that that's his son that was his tour manager. And so oh, I'm assuming funny. his son was the one that called us the night before. And so then we get ready to set up. We do the we do the we do the show. It's not a big deal. But that was the thing is that we were told ten minutes, and then we were we were told fifteen, then we were told ten, but we got him for twenty. So it all works in the end. It it, it did, and it all worked. And we got we got Melissa Francis for fifty two minutes. That is awesome. And you know I I love your story because here you are. Okay, first of all. Explain to people what Junction, the people who uh, people who don't know. Junction know, City, Kansas is is a place in the middle of Kansas. They have this thing called Sundown Salute, which is the, the one of the largest uh, free concert events uh, put on in the Midwest. And they do they they brought everybody in for like Fog Hat. They had Brett Michaels out there last year with fifty five thousand people stuck in this little park downtown. They uh they, they've done all these things and they had Eddie Money come in and I'm a huge Eddie Money mark. I'm a big time Eddie Money mark and I want jumped through so many damn hoops to get to interview Eddie Money. And so I fight we finally got it. Well the night of the show after we got ready to set up to do the first three songs, there was a com- there was a radio station. I want I'm not gonna say a competing radio station, but there was a, a radio station there. Um uh, what was it? Ninety seven five, I think is what they were called. Power hits. And uh they uh they showed up well they did not like the fact we were at the sound booth getting getting ready to set up. They didn't like the fact that we were there, and they tried to have us arrested. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> so they, they they take me backstage, and there and she's this this woman who is just screaming at me about how, you know, they've paid all this money to be there, and blah, 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 and what are we doing there, and all this crap. And so she wants us to point out the tour manager. Now, he's on stage with... Five other dudes setting up a drum kit. I don't know why it took five dudes to set up a drum kit, but that's fine. And um, while they're doing this, she's like, I want you to point him out. And I'm like, I know how this is going to work. If I point this out, she's going to go, nope, wrong guy. And so I just went ahead and yelled his name, and then he popped his head up and waved at me. And I go, right there, that's him. And so (laughs) she then got up there, and she, you know, Kept asking him, "Well, do they have the do they have the permission to fir- shoot the first three songs?" And I, they said, "Yes, they they do." And so she was just madder than hell. Well, then later on, they tried to have us arrested again, uh, and and the cops kept telling them, "They said, lady, it's a public park. I can't do anything." And so. What, what's what's great about this story is that a couple years later, Eagle Communications came in, bought the station, fired everybody at the station. So in a roundabout way, I kind of got my revenge. But um, there it is. <laughs> that's kind of how things go here. That's that's awesome. That <laughs> that's awesome. Because awesome, well, yes. I always win in the end. That's the thing. Chigman Freud always wins in the end. <laughs> I love it when Jigman Freud wins in the end. Dude, I love Jigman Freud. I just got to tell you how much I love that whole phrasing of Jigman Freud. 
I mean, I don't you can thank my buddy Frank Cotolo from Cotolo Chronicles. He was the one that referred to me as Jigman Freud the very first time. Really? I was just referring to myself as Jignatius Jigway and stuff like that. But he, uh, he's like, well, we're going to call you Jigman Freud. And, uh, he's, he's had all sorts of, of, of weird things that, uh, he's referred to me uh, at, over the years. So, uh, you know, That's there awesome. was, there was the J, there was J-I, the, the J-I-double-G. There is, uh, there's Jig Daddy. There's uh, Jignatius Jagwaya. There's uh, uh, somebody. Somebody referred to me as uh, I had a black rapper one time refer to me as Jiggy My Niggy. So uh, <laughs> we've had all sorts of different things over the over the years. Uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> we 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 uh, and, and I'll leave you with with one more story for for we end the show here. Um, <laughs> We ought to just do a show where you come on and ask me about all the different stories that I tell them. Because, I, I, uh, I mean, these are great <laughs> stories. I mean, I mean, okay, I don't know I know people paying attention to what, what Jiggy just did there, but you understand that what he did was he had to meet a guy at a corner in Junction City, Kansas, to wait for a bus and basically, like, cloak and dagger, you know, it sounded like he had to go... The ice is slippery, yes, but the sun is hot. I mean, that's what I'm waiting for in this story. <laughs> it's it's a hell of a deal. We 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 we've had a blast, and then uh, you know, I I uh, we had a we had a group of rappers one time that they wanted to set up. I had this weird. We we had this little tree house. That basically, it was it was like a tree house. It was an apartment, but it was like a tree house, uh, in in Salina, Kansas, across the street from a police station, and uh, the the people would get out of jail on Sundays at noon, and so they would come over come over and do the radio show. So we had all these rappers that would come through, and we had this one one time that knew he was going to go to jail, and he didn't want to get all he didn't want to leave all of his stuff or whatever. So he brought his mobile recording booth to my to my house basically, and we set up in the living room this little this little spot this little nook and cranny area, and we uh, we put a, a curtain up there and everything, and and he kept telling me he says we're going to call it the Jigga booth, and I said well. And that's fun, but if I say Jigabooth, that's going to make me sound terribly racist. I said, y- you don't understand the connotation here, Jigabooth. And he's like, well, you're Jiggy, and it's a booth. It works. So <laughs> we're never really oh, no. able to... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, you just got that. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 Yes. So I just I would never refer to it as that on the air, and they would, and that was fine. But Jay is with us today here on our big broadcast, jagshow.com. dot com, and of course uh, pick up his book on Audible, and uh, you can also uh, pick up the book through uh, Amazon link at j a g s h o w dot com. And uh, Jay, before I let you go for this week. Uh, you need to get a hold of Richard Kurtz and put that bug in his ear that we need to do this more often. I, I would say something, but knowing Richard and his silence, I don't think that's good for either one of us. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the, fact, the fact that Richard Kurtz, who, by the way, is you know part of my publicist team, 
is not saying anything about you and me being on his show and doing a part of his show. There's something going on there. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get a hold of King Richard and we're going to have to check this out. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you can listen to this show on jagshow.com. That's www.jagshow.com. You can also download the apps for iPhone or Android. It's Jag Show. Go to your Play Store, go to your go to your App Store on your iPhone, download the Jag Show app. You can listen to shows like this that are a lot of fun, great information that we will share with you. And again, don't forget, you can go to our Amazon link on jagshow.com, and you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash jaguar, and you can get yourself your free Audible book. And as we always say, James, thank you so much for having me on your show for an hour. It was great co-hosting with you. Thank you for letting me control the moments with Melissa Francis. I yes. really do appreciate you. Doing I think that. it was awesome. And you 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 did a heck of a job, my friend. Enjoy the beach today. I I enjoyed the beach for the weekend. And by the way, if people want to get a hold of me, they can find me at Internet Doctor on Twitter. And you please feel free to connect with me. J is that's I B S O. Feel free to connect with me on Facebook and also on your favorite social media platform. I'm easy to find, and I'll be happy to get back in touch with you. And we'll be talking to you, I guess, next week. Yes, I look forward to it, my friend. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. All right, Brotator Chip, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Jay Izzo with us today on Skype Audio. That wraps it up for J-A-G-S-H-O-W.com. Go to JiggyJaguar.com and keep up with us. J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. And that wraps it up for our iHeart presentation. And thanks for joining us. And With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.